Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday presented by DraftKings. Thursday equals Greg Cosell Day. One of our favorite times of the week on the Ross Tucker Podcast Network. The 42-year NFL Films veteran and executive producer on-air talent for the NFL Matchup Show will join me momentarily. First, I want to make sure you all know you still have time. It's not over yet. I'm going to pick a spread the word winner today and announce the winner tomorrow. So go ahead and quote tweet at Ross Tucker NFL or at Ross Tucker pod, or maybe I'll check out facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL to see who shares one of my posts or maybe a like on Instagram or a share of a story on Instagram like Keith Cleveland did last week. That was amazing. I see if you do a story about our shows, by the way, I can then put that on my story, which is cool. You put something from on your story, I'll put it on my story, which is amazing. Anyway, really looking forward to it. Sponsor confirmation email winners. That's a really easy thing. Take advantage of something that you would do anyway, and then email me with any question you got with the sponsor, ross at rosstucker.com. And then I love the YouTube shout outs because it's just fun. I did one yesterday for a guy that won his fantasy league. It's cool. He was very appreciative for it. So YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Patron of the day, John McCluskey. We got another one. They keep coming. They want to be part of the private Tuckheads Slack channel that I'm a part of and on every single day. And I've met three Tuckheads this weekend. Three of them. Pretty awesome. Big show time. The Big Show. The man needs no introduction because I just gave him one literally two minutes ago. So that's why he needs no introduction. I am going to get into, of course, all four divisional round games in depth, both sides of the ball with the GC, Greg Cosell. But I do want to get Greg first, I guess maybe your takeaways from wildcard weekend, kind of a bummer that the games were not more competitive. I guess I'm more interested maybe in the teams that lost in particular felt like 
especially Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts. I guess to a lesser extent, Mac Jones. I actually thought Mac Jones played pretty well. He did. Uh, but just your thoughts. Do you believe that there's something to the the first playoff start and that it's different or harder for guys, Greg, and, and give Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts a little bit of a pass? Or are there some serious concerns? I didn't think Dak Prescott played particularly well either. No, and there's always reasons that the tape shows. I can't speak, Ross, to what's in someone's head. So I don't know how someone feels going into a game with the idea that it's their first game. Uh, so I, that I can't speak to. I can only tell you what the tape shows. I mean, if you look at, at let's say, Jalen Hurts, I would say that in this particular game against the Bucks, many of the same issues that we saw during the season were there. They just cropped up in a larger degree. So... Uh, you know, obviously the Eagles came out this week and said Hurts is their guy. Uh, so the question really, as you go forward with Jalen Hurts, is twofold. Is can you run an offense in the NFL that is run-based with the quarterback as the starting point? Does that have sustainability? Can And can that get you to important playoff wins and ultimately to championships? That's the first question. You have to decide how you want to answer that. And if you answer that in the no, then the question becomes in the areas in which Jalen Hurts needs to improve, such as field vision, what he sees, the ability to eliminate what's not there and isolate what is there within the structure and timing of plays, the ability to throw with timing and anticipation, the ability to be far more consistently precise with his ball placement. Can those areas be improved? These are questions you have to answer as an organization and a coaching staff. If you can answer those things in your mind as a yes, based on continued coaching and more experience, then you feel comfortable going forward. If you ultimately answer those questions with a no, based on what you've seen and the fact that you're working with them every single day and you and I are not, then you have to decide, hey, can this guy be a starting NFL quarterback? So I don't know how the Eagles are answering this quest these questions right now. What you say a week or two after the season is ultimately irrelevant. Um, but th those are the questions you need to answer regarding Jalen Hurts. Any thoughts on any of the other guys that jumped out to you, in particular Mac Jones or Kyler Murray or Dak Prescott? Those yeah, are the guys well, I guess I'm interested in. Yeah, we can talk Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray in this particular game, and again, I don't know what's in his head, but he played very fast right from the start of the game. He was a little frenetic with his movement. He was not seeing things clearly. Um, this was a game where he just looked like everything was fast. But again, you could also make the argument that he's been made a lot of his special plays playing that way. So now you get into that whole issue again with quarterbacks whose game is is very much built on second reaction movement when those plays don't occur what do you fall back on you know there isn't a coach in this league Ross and you know this you do games you talk to coaches there isn't a coach in this league that would not tell you that at some point in time you're going to have to be efficient and precise from the pocket to play quarterback at a high level and win playoff games in the NFL so we all love the second reaction movement. At times, that's great. And at times, it's needed, no question. But if that's your game and you can't play efficiently from the pocket, 
which, by the way, Murray has at times this season, so it's not as if he can't do it. But if you can't do that with any kind of consistency, it's going to be hard to advance. Let's dive into the games this weekend, Greg. Interestingly enough, a lot of the quarterbacks have done exactly what you just did that are still left. We'll start with the Bengals and the Titans with some of your thoughts there. Well, yeah, we'll try to do sort of Cliff Notes thoughts here because obviously we want to try to get a lot in. I think there's a couple of things that stand out to me in this game, particularly starting Bengals O Titans D, and that's the matchup of the Titans front four versus the Bengals O-line. I think that's advantage Titans, and I think how that plays out will be very interesting. Look, we know the Bengals do want to run the ball. In fact, with Derrick Henry not playing this year, the back that had the most first down eye-back runs, meaning he was an eye-back with the quarterback under center, was Joe Mixon. So they want to run the ball. They just haven't done it recently that effectively. My guess is they won't do it that effectively against a really good Titans defense. So now you get into the passing game, and the Titans defensive profile, Ross, is front four pass rush with multiple stunt concepts and coverage behind it. Seven in coverage, multiple coverage concepts. So how will the Bengals O-line hold up? I think that will be a defining feature of this game. On the other side, I spoke to someone in Tennessee yesterday in Nashville. Derrick Henry is going to get 20-plus carries this week. This is going to be their normal offense. Wow. Um, that's really interesting. So no no pitch count at all. That's my understanding. I mean, unless they get out there and, you know, for some reason he just doesn't seem right. But the plan is that Derrick Henry's back. That's what they're going to do. So he's he's there. So so now you get into the Bengals D. Their base defense tends to be a five-two front, five across, two stack backers. I think Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt have played pretty well as the two stack backers. So you're gonna have to line up and defend the run game. Yeah, you better you better hang on to your hat. Not good that Ogan Joby's out. Yeah, that's a big loss. Like they'll get Hendrickson back, which is good. Yeah, Ogan Joby, that's a great point, Ross. Ogan Joby is a really good interior run defender, and that's a big loss for this particular game. Yes. Let's talk Saturday night. Niners, Packers. <clears throat> yeah, I think there's not a lot of mystery to uh, certainly what the Niners do on offense. I think that Kyle Shanahan's run game, obviously, which includes Debo Samuel, that's not a gimmick. That's part of their run game is really, really fun to watch with all the formations, with all the motions. You know this as a former alignment with the run game. It plays with run support. It, it forces, often forces second-level defenders to bump gaps. And if one guy doesn't bump the gap the right way, all of a sudden, you know, you, you lose your gap integrity. Um, and I think they're very good, the Niners, at understanding what a defense is doing and then adjusting. A great example was this past week. They started off trying to run outside with their zone run game. The Cowboys did a great job of defending it because the Niners' philosophy is we attack the edge until you take it away, and the Cowboys took it away. So what did they do in the second half? They went more gap scheme, pulling guards inside and, and running inside, and they became far more effective. So Kyle Shanahan, with the way he uses his run game and then works the pass game off of it, he may be the best in the league at that. And on the other side, 
you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers is great, but as you well know, the Packers are not just a let's drop Rodgers back and toss it all over the yard offense. They're a running team as well. Look, Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan have a background together. They believe in a lot of the same things. The Packers will run the ball. They've made Rodgers essentially the highest level system quarterback in the NFL. They run a system. Rodgers executes it as the best pure thrower in the league. So I, one thought I had, Greg, watching the Cowboys Niners that I yeah. want to get your opinion on. I actually thought the Niners should have run it more. I, I was frustrated. They would get four to six yards on first down. Second down would be a boot. Third down might be like a sprint out or a pass. I actually thought the Niners didn't run it as much as they should have against the Cowboys. Yeah, and I think, if I remember correctly, I think they did have 38 carries. But again, that, that that's just a number. That doesn't speak to the flow of a game. Yeah, I mean, again, when I when I watch tape like that, I don't necessarily think about what a team should be doing. Because I, I right. don't, you know, I, I I know how hard I work, so I know how hard coaches work. So I'm not one of those people that thinks, oh, they should be doing this. I always feel like that's always easy to say. And I'm not knocking you. I just don't watch tape thinking along those lines. Um, but we know they're going to run the ball. I mean, that's a given. Um, you know, the question is how successful, what's the game flow? Another point that's really important here is I think the 49ers D-line has been playing at a really high level. We've spoken about this over the last month or so. They have tremendous depth. Look, we saw Bosa go out last week. As we're talking on a Thursday morning, we don't know if he plays this week. I hope he does because I want to see the best players play. But they've got tremendous D-line depth, and they're getting contributions from a lot of players you wouldn't know about. I mean, Arden Key's become a really important player for them. DJ Jones, Kevin Givens, former Penn State D-tackle, has been getting meaningful snaps and flashes every week on tape. So, you know, that's a really important part of this game is their D-line versus the Packers O-line. I think that's well said. Yeah, I was impressed with DJ Jones in particular. Um, Sunday, Greg, I will be there. I'll, I'll be in Tampa. Ram oh, so you go from Buffalo to Tampa. I guess you won't need the same clothes, Ross. Well, I went from – actually, I went from Buffalo Saturday night. I was on the sideline Monday night for the Rams-Cardinals. Oh, well, there you go. So and okay. I thought that in L.A., I thought the Rams – really won the battle up front against the Cardinals, oh, both yeah. sides of the ball. And now they're going to try to do something similar. Rams-Bucks on Sunday. Talk to me, Greg. Well, if you're giving me an open slate on that, I'll start with the fact that the – a couple of things. Number one, Bucks are the highest percentage blitz team in the league, meaning – five or more rushers. That's the way blitz is normally accounted for. Obviously, teams do things that are cataloged as blitzes where they rush four, but it's five or more is the way we normally look at it. And uh, so I think that ultimately the Rams have to execute against pressure. But here's one interesting point. These teams played week three. Now, the Bucks did not have their normal secondary week three. One thing the Rams love to do is line up in empty sets, Okay. And they've done that far more than any team in the league. McVay likes it. Stafford really likes being in empty sets. And when they played week three, I think they were in empty sets, 15 snaps. And the Bucks only rushed five versus empty one time. I would expect that to change this week. I would expect the Bucks to be aggressive. I think that's Todd in Todd Bowles' DNA. So that's just something to think about and perhaps look for. The other factor on that side of the ball is the Rams' run game. What Cam Akers has done is remarkable. He looks quick. He looks dynamic. He looks explosive. 
I mean, Ross, he, he tore his Achilles in, what, June or July? This is remarkable what he's done. And their run game, I think, we know what McVay wants to do. He's not just a throw ball coach. He wants to run the ball and work the pass game to some degree off that at times. So on that side of the ball, I think that's going to be interesting. The other side of the ball, I would say Rams defensive front versus the Bucks O-line. We don't know about Tristan Wirfs as you and I speak on a Thursday morning. I think if he can't go, I think that's a really big loss for the Bucks. He's a terrific right tackle, and they don't have anyone who can even come close to matching his level of play. And when you're talking about Donald, Von Miller, uh, Leonard Floyd, I mean, you probably saw what the cards did. The cards actually used a back to chip Donald. When have you seen a back chip a defensive tackle? That's what the ran, that's what the cards did. And that left some one-on-one matchups with Von Miller. And that's a tough deal. Very tough deal. And evidently Josh Wells is dealing with a quad injury himself. Von Miller's been on a tear. It's not a great matchup. Uh, let's get to Bill's Chiefs. I mean, obviously, uh, Greg, everybody's salivating over this one. Well, well, you were there in Buffalo. You were in the booth, right? So you didn't have to stand on the sideline? Tasker was sideline. I was booth, yeah. That's right. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to Tasker tomorrow. I'll give him some grief on that. You know, even though he lives up there, no one is comfortable when it's, you know, six below. Um, but uh, obviously what the Bills did was historic. They're not going to have seven possessions and seven touchdowns this week. Um, you know, I think the Bills have clearly attempted over the last three, four weeks to make the run game meaningful. Not significant, but meaningful. I think the Josh Allen, Allen element of the run game design runs in critical situations is very important to their offense. I mean, he might have five design runs in a game, Ross, but they do it on third down. They do it in the red zone and you've got to defend that. That's part of what they do. Um, And obviously Allen in any given game can be phenomenal. He's the most physically gifted quarterback in the league. They're for the most part, the most quarterback centric team in the NFL. We know what the chiefs do. Um, the Chiefs predominantly on defense, they'll play cover one. They play almost as much cover two as any team in the league with Teran Matthew as the middle hole defender. And they show a lot of disguise and late movement to get to it. And situationally, they go cover zero. No team has had more snaps of cover zero this year than Steve Spagnola and his Chiefs defense. And that's very situational, obviously. Um, so we know about that matchup. The other side, you know, the, the Bills' defensive numbers are really good. Um, Mahomes has been playing very well. I think what you're seeing with him is he's settled into a really comfortable feel. The ball comes out. The movement now is far more calculated. It doesn't seem unnecessary and random as it did for a stretch earlier this season. He's playing at a really, really high level. They've got quality receivers. Um, this is this matchup should be fun to watch. I mean, obviously games sometimes don't play out the way we think when we talk about them, but this does have all the earmarks of a game that should be a lot of fun to watch. Check him out on social media at Greg Cosell. That way you know how to get his content always. Just listening to the excitement in your voice, Greg, got me even more excited than I already was. One of the best weekends of the year. Should be amazing. Thank you so much for the time as always. All right, Ross. Appreciate it. Thanks. Speaking of time, you guys know how valuable I think time is, how important it is. One of the reasons I like ladder 
Ladder is 100% digital. No doctors, no needles, no paperwork. When you apply for $3 million in coverage or less, you just need a few minutes and a phone or laptop to apply. Ladder's smart algorithms work in real time, so you'll find out instantly if you're approved. If you want to talk to a person, you can absolutely talk to someone who does not work on commission. Ladder policies are issued by insurers with long, proven histories of paying claims. They're rated A and A-plus by AM Best. Finally, and most of you, I think, know this, but since life insurance costs more as you age, now is the time to cross it off your list. Go to ladderlife.com slash Ross today to see if you're instantly approved. That's L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash Ross. Ladderlife.com slash Ross. Ducks takes. Good morning, Ross. Let's start today with Bucks head coach Bruce Arians being fined $50,000 for slapping safety Andrew Adams in the head during last week's Eagles game. Arians was asked about it. He said he's going to appeal it and it doesn't have anything to do with the game. So he's fine. I, I really thought this was bad. And I'm surprised that it hasn't turned into a bigger deal. It's totally unacceptable. And if this were a college, for whatever reason, it would have gotten so much more attention. But I don't know, because it's the NFL and it's Bruce Arians, it hasn't gotten as much. I don't really understand. I think this is horrible. I mean, he kind of hit him upside the head and then like threw an elbow at him. I, I, I have no idea what Bruce Arians was thinking. It's totally unacceptable. I hope he apologized personally to Andrew, and then in front of the whole team, you don't hit a player. It's so interesting to me that how little attention it's gotten. I guess I'm surprised by that, probably because of what Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys did at the end of their game Sunday night. Like That became the focal point as opposed to what Arians did uh, but I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's okay. Ducks takes. Cowboys 49ers game from last weekend peaked at 50 million viewers on Sunday. That's pretty incredible. Isn't it? I mean, that's a lot. And as I put on Twitter, Bri, at Ross Tucker NFL, that means 50 million people were confused, shocked, and appalled at the same time at about, 7.35 p.m. Eastern time, whatever that was, when the Cowboys ran the quarterback draw, shocked, appalled, horrified, but 50 million people. It's the most they've gotten for a wild card game in seven years. You know, the NFL's kind of all the way back from a, a ratings and attention standpoint. Ducks takes. And finally, the Philadelphia Eagles announced that Jalen Hurts will be their starting quarterback this upcoming season, 2022. I thought Greg said something interesting when he said, you know, what else are they going to say? Although, you know, in, in hindsight, or flip side would be the Colts were pretty clear that Carson Wentz might not be their quarterback. And I guess I wonder, I think that there's, I think there's a reason why every team says what they say. 
And I think that the Colts, maybe they're just telling the truth. Or maybe they want to try to, you know, light a fire under Wentz's you-know-what to get him to play better next year or to prepare better in the offseason. Or maybe they just kind of recognized how frustrated the owner and the fans were and thought just standing by Wentz and just saying, he's our guy for sure, wouldn't go over real well because of how poorly he played in that last game since they didn't make the playoffs. I think it's probably the last one. Whereas for the Eagles, I don't know who they're going to get or who they would get that would be better than Hurts. I mean, he's supposed to make a million dollars each of the next two years, which is nothing for an NFL quarterback, starting quarterback. So there's a lot of value in sticking with Hurts from a financial reason, just like in my mind, there's a lot of value in taking your car soon to AutoZone because they're America's number one battery destination. They've got proven tough Duralast batteries and they've got free battery testing and charging. You know, I don't know. How do you know when your battery's low? You don't really know. So sometimes you might think it's your battery, but it's really your starter or alternator. But why not, this time of year, get the free battery testing, and if you need it to be charged, charge it so you're good. I mean, next time you need a battery help or to get your battery ready for harsh winter weather, start at AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Email time, right? Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to Ask Ross. Absolutely love any emails you guys send me, especially your specific questions. I know a lot of people got a kick out of the Cowboys story yesterday. If you want to make sure that your email question goes to the top of the line and guarantee that I read and respond on the show, Take advantage of any sponsor like AutoZone or Ladder or whatever, and then send me the email, ross at rosstucker.com, with your question. What do you got, Bri? Uh, let's see. Ross, uh, meant to send this to you last year when you started pushing my front page story for the holidays, but I got distracted anyway. Uh, recently, my parents' 50th wedding anniversary, and after hearing you promote my front page story, thought it would be a great gift for them. Looked into it, but chickened out because I was intimidated by the idea of an interview. Uh, fast forward to now, my wife's grandmother is about to turn 100. We decided to get a story for her. Still nervous about this interview, but uh, figured let's just go ahead. Uh, we worked with uh, Nathaniel. He was amazing. He made us feel extremely comfortable and offered upfront for the interview to be phone, email. Uh, anyway, he goes on and on and on to say how great my front page story is. That's from Scott Nelson. Broncos fan for life. Broncos fan for life. This is funny. Listener since the State Farm, State Farm, State Farm days. That's awesome. State Farm, State Farm, State Farm, State Farm, State Farm, State Farm. You've heard that story, right, Bri? Oh, yeah. 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 That's awesome, Scott. Um, man, State Farm, I hope they realized how, how much value they got out of that Th those were the days uh you know he w the thing he said is um i think it's a note you should make when promoting my front page story for others that you can answer the questions via email we, we have that option now i never knew that that was you know i'm the type of person i'd rather do it like 
on the phone while I'm driving and just answer the questions. But there are people that are much more comfortable just writing the email back. And that makes a lot of sense to me. So thank you, Scott. I'm glad you liked it. And what are we, January 20th? So we're like three weeks away from Valentine's Day. So now is the perfect time to get a story from myfrontpagestory.com for a significant other. Let's do another one, Bri. All right, actual question. This one from uh, Jim from Queens, New York, uh, who uh, has a Simply Safe alarm system. Um, anyway, Jim awesome. goes on to ask a question about the uniforms. In the NFL, they've evolved greatly. It seems to me few players may wear rib pads. No one wears hip pads, uh, thigh, and knee pads. If players wear them, they look like a piece of foam rubber. Always amazed at the great teeth players. Great teeth players have not used a mouth guard. Uh, does the league demand minimal equipment? Did the players negotiate this? I realize they want to maximize their speed by wearing less. Can you explain the evolution and what is the rule? Enjoy you, Brian Cosell Brandt. Uh, they're great uh, with no agenda, just setting the information. Uh, again, Jim, a kid from Queens, New York, for 70 years who moved to and loves Texas past two years. Thank you, Jim. Wow. That's amazing. Lived in Queen for Queens for 70 years and then just moved to Texas. Those are like two different countries. I mean, Queens and Texas, those are very different. My guess Jim, is that, uh, that, that Jim decided he did not want to deal with New York weather in the winter. I never heard of somebody relocating to Texas, though. It's usually like Arizona or Florida, right? Correct. Wow. Jim, I'm, I'm intrigued now. He also said, I've had a Simply Safe alarm system for two years. I guess he got it when he moved to Texas. Easy to install, high tech, great protection. That's awesome, Jim. Awesome. So it's funny. In college, hip pads. And a butt pad, thigh pads, and knee pads are all mandatory. I guess tailbone pad, I don't know what they call it. Mandatory. And in fact, if you don't have it in, they check for it. Um, I remember one teammate of mine in college didn't wear it, and they called him out on it, so he had to leave the game. It's mandatory in college. You get to the NFL, I never once saw a hip pad or a tailbone pad. Never once. And a lot of guys don't wear the thigh pads or the knee pads. I would a lot of times wear the knee pads because I would cut guys a lot. So I would end up on my knees. And I wanted some protection from all the pounding my knees would take when I hit the ground. Or if a defensive back went low on me. But I didn't really wear the thigh pads because not a whole lot of point to it. I mean, inevitably... If you got like a Charlie horse, you got hit on the thigh, you got hit where the pad wasn't. So it's like, what's the point of this thing? You get hit on the side of the leg, you know, or where the pad wasn't. So um, there's no rules in the NFL. Uh, college, high school, mouthpiece, mandatory. No rules in the NFL. Uh, I don't know. I, I usually did not wear a mouthpiece because I was a center and I wanted to be able to communicate, you know, the mouthpiece doesn't really help your teeth that much because your face mask is what's protecting your teeth. The mouthpiece more 
minimizes concussions a little bit, I guess they say. I, I don't know. Um, so, no, I don't think there are any rules. It's a good question, though. Love it. By the way, we are low on questions, and we get to a lot of them in January because we still have five episodes a week, but there's not as many games to break down, etc. So, please, keep them coming. Take advantage of any of our sponsors. Email me, ross at rostucker.com. Shout-outs in order for Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X, HumanHeadNYC.com, speaking of NYC, and SteakhouseSports.com. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITH-IT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 